Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome to the Eagle Hour, everybody. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson. We're in the First Bank Studios here in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us wherever you've tuned in. I want to say hello to our good friends at Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Thank them for their support of the Eagle Hour. It's a great place to enjoy delicious food seven days a week you know about that also it's a great place to cater your next family function church function business function uh, whatever the size large or small dickies has a catering plan for you so reach out uh, to dickies barbecue the next time you have a catering opportunity all right another reminder going to be doing this uh, through the 11th of the month we're expecting a uh, sun fade around uh, 14 15 minutes into the program today it could last up to 13 minutes uh, absolutely nothing anyone on the uh, the green, green earth here can do about it. Uh, we suggest you may want to go to supertalkhattiesburg.com, supertalklaurel.com, or supertalksouthwestmississippi.com. You can stream the uh, show live there. There will be no sun fade interruption on the live stream. And also you can uh, check out the, any part you may miss uh, later this evening on the variety of podcasts uh, that the uh, company offers uh, as a platform for the Eagle Hour. So, we apologize for that and uh, just blame Mother Nature. We're not going to blame Heath Hinton. He's the owner of Big Gold Nation. He joins us uh, every Tuesday. And, uh, Heath, nothing uh, you can do about the sun fate, I assume. Nope, nope. <clears throat> uh, trust me, that is one of the most uh, that's a extreme oddity that happens with Mother Nature and radio that you just can't describe. It's just. It's a weird situation that happens. Right. And ironically, it happens every year at 1 o'clock. It happens, it happens during the course of this program. So, again, uh, fortunately, uh, the company streams the show uh, and uh, also makes it available on a lot of podcasts. All right, Heath, uh, let's talk a little basketball. I think a disappointing season, fair to say, ended this past weekend uh, with the men and women both losing both games. But – both will be in postseason play. The women, as you were telling me before we went on the air, they earned their way in legitimately, even if there hadn't been a, a COVID change in the tournament. The Lady Eagle basketball program would have been in the tournament. Let's start there. Uh, your evaluation of the season that the Joy Lee and her ladies had. I think uh, kind of like men's basketball, but maybe with a few more players that uh, have played uh, at Southern Miss. Uh, not nine new players, but you look at that team that Coach McNillis has, and you talk about young and talented. When you got as many freshmen as they do that are playing and contributing, you're going to expect growing pains. They showed signs of what they really could be this year, and who knows? Um, they may go into a tournament, freshmen, they don't feel no pressure. They're going to be like, hey, let's just go have fun. And look, they have the talent to do a lot of things in this tournament. They have a lot. They have talent to to go a long way. It's just how do freshmen play? And uh, kind of the same thing with men. So, you know, our young players will say freshmen, but this Southern Miss Lady Eagle basketball team is 
stacked for the future. And I can tell you right now, a couple of years, this Lady Eagle team is going to be winning Conference USA with as much young talent as they do. Well, that was my that was going to be my next question. Is this the best freshman class uh, Joy Lee's had in a long time? In my opinion, probably, yeah. And I don't think that's something that's, uh, you know, I think she would probably admit that. Mm-hmm. You're talking about kids that are area kids um, that have come in, uh, played well defensively, just play hard. She's got girls that play hard that are still learning how to play the game. And once those young freshmen learn how to play the game, they're, the sky's the limit for this team. So, yeah, I'm telling you, look for big things Good. from this team in a couple of years. Well, now, Joy Lee will be on the radio show tomorrow afternoon, so we look forward to our conversation with Coach McGillis. Luke, get in the uh, get in the discussion here with Heath Hinton. Heath, on the on the men's side, men have an opportunity um, to to play in the tournament. Do we have any idea yet what the seeding is going to look like? Um, are they going to give since fourteen teams will get in? Are they going to have the the one seeds from each division with an opportunity uh, for a buy? And Southern Miss would be, you know, against the number two. What, what can you tell us on that? Well, what we're finding out right now is on Tuesday, March the ninth that the six and seven seeds will play each other. It looks like Southern Miss is going to be playing Rice. Uh, the time hasn't been announced yet. And then that'll be a play-in game. And whoever wins that game will play the three seed on Thursday, scheduled at 6 p.m. And, you know, they'll play the seven. And then if you win that, you play the two seed March the 11th. So, I mean, it's, it's a ninth. They're going to start on the ninth with the 6th and 7th seed, and we'll see what happens from there. I don't know if I particularly like that because I don't think it's fair to the 6th seed to make them play an extra game. You weren't going to do that anyway, but you had another team. I don't understand why they just don't give each division winner first-round bye, and you got the next, next round. You have two games with four teams left, and I don't see why you don't just do that. I don't understand why you have to play a play. Conference USA here. Does make sense? Does that make sense to you? Like, conference. What makes sense is that Conference USA came up with it. That's what makes sense to me. That's this is true. Um, this is true. What What would be success? Uh, a close game, a close loss, uh, a first round win in the play in game, or a play in game win? Uh, what would be astronomical? Two wins. Of course, a win and uh, two wins would be great. Um, I think one of the big things is just getting them postseason experience at this point. A team that you need to have postseason experience, and they're going to get to go, and they're going to see what it's like to play in a tournament. They're going to get their the gifts that they would uh, give out and, and all of that and see what it's like to stay in a nice hotel, going to a tournament. This is something they'll get to experience, and it's just more time on the floor and more practice time for this team. I think that's something else. Even more practice time. So I think going is great, but you're right. I think success is winning a game or two. Ultimate success is winning two games. Do you feel like there's going into the offseason, there's going to be any changing or missing pieces or people not coming back? We, we've talked about that he's he's going, Ladner will go after a, a point guard. I mean, he just he just has to, as as kind of Tay Hardy has uh, evolved this year. But do you do you sense there's going to be any shakeup at all with the roster? 
I think so. I think so. I think you're going to see a couple of kids that are on the team this year that may not be back for whatever reason. Um, I, I do. I think you're probably going to see him have probably about three scholarships to go after players. And I think you'll see uh, him go after a, a point guard, maybe a big, and, of course, an, another wing player. I think that's what he's looking at. So I think you'll see him have three scholarships available right now. We know of um, maybe only two, so I think he's going to have a third open up and go that route. So, yeah, I think you'll see a player, too, that's on the roster, maybe that hasn't played this year, but that's on the roster that won't be back. Um, we're gonna we're gonna hold you through the break and, and and talk baseball. So a couple more things with with basketball here. Give me the the best thing that Jay Ladner has to be thankful for this season, and the biggest frustration that Jay Ladner has felt this season, in your opinion. Uh, thankful. I think he's thankful that the coverage SA actually made a right decision and put all the teams in the tournament. I think he's thankful for that. Um, what is he not thankful for? I think the fact, or more, more, get, I guess, frustrated with. I'm sorry to yeah. interrupt. Like his biggest frustration over the course of this season, and it I can't be COVID. Big, no, no, no. I think the biggest frustration is that he didn't get the practice time that he would normally get with the regular season. They got half the practice time. They didn't get the preseason games. He feels like his team is playing better as of late, and right now, if you think about it, that'd be kind of really getting in the conference play really good, and he can make some noise later on in the season. I think that's the biggest frustration to him is with a young team like this with nine new pieces not being able to um, really get these guys and practice with them a lot. And you look at teams across the NCAA that, that have the all turnover that teams that always get the one-and-done guys in that usually are good. Look at Duke in, in, in Kentucky. They're not having good years. But they get those one-and-done guys, they have more time to prepare with them. This season they didn't. So I think it's just something that's happening all across college basketball. When you lose time to prepare, you're not going to be as good. And I think that's happened. I think Coach Leitner would love to have a regular season with these guys. They got to work with them a lot over the summer. They didn't have to start late in the fall. They got the more than you know two or three preseason games in. All right, we're talking to Heath Hinton, Big Gold Nation. We're going to keep him through the break. Great shows coming up the rest of the week. Joy Lee McNellis uh, scheduled to be on the uh, program tomorrow. Patrick McGee will be with us. Russ Anderson, Associate Commissioner of Conference USA, and Lee Roberts scheduled to join us Thursday. And Jacksonville State Baseball Coach Jim Case scheduled to be on the show Friday. But right now we're going to continue our conversation uh, with Heath Hinton on the other side of the break. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, glad you're with us on the Eagle Hour this afternoon. Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg will catch up with Kelly momentarily. Lots of Conference USA baseball about to kick off. Two games on the slate tonight. Charlotte is at UNC Greensboro. 
Louisiana Lafayette at Louisiana Tech. If I was closer, I would go watch that one. Uh, tomorrow, Old Dominion is at East Carolina. That's a good matchup. Florida Atlantic at Florida. That's a good matchup. Prairie View at Rice. And, of course, Southern Miss and uh, Mississippi State square off in Pearl uh, tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. All right, he. so the Golden Eagles uh, win their first two uh, series. They lose a midweeker to uh, South Alabama and now play uh, Mississippi State. Uh, your thoughts about the matchup? I mean, you know, Coach Berry made it pretty clear yesterday. This is just another game to him. You know, the most important game is the next game on the schedule. I, I tend to think that same way uh, about baseball these days. Your thoughts about the uh, matchup in Pearl? Yeah, I think a lot of it is it is the next game. Of course, you want to be you want to beat the in-state rival, and and you're playing, you know, in Jackson. You want to beat them up there. Um, this is a game, Southern Miss, it's a great RPI game, and Southern Miss can go in there and get a win. Um, for future, of course, their RPI may not be high right now, but we all know once the SEC play starts, their RPIs jump up out the roof. Um, so that's, if Southern Miss can get a win here, that would help. You know, Southern's going on the mound with Drew Boyd. Drew Boyd, who uh, in 2019, he, he uh, pitched in the LSU Regional against LSU and did a dang good job. Last year, uh, I believe his old Miss did a dang good job. So this stage won't be too big for Drew. Um, these guys, I'm not sure. I don't think they played any games in Jackson last year before COVID. I may be wrong on that, but uh, different experience for these young Eagles, and they could be a fun game. Uh, you know, it's always a it's always a, a good atmosphere up there in Jackson. Too bad they're not allowing too many in there right now. Although maybe if it was played next week, they might allow 50%. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it's going to be a fun atmosphere. It's going to be a fun game. And if you got tickets, you better go. Yeah, I don't think they've played in – I don't think they've played state uh, in a midweek game in a couple of years now. You can correct me if I'm wrong about that. I think that as I glanced at it this morning, the last six games were the with the three games in Starkville and the, and the three games in Hattiesburg – Southern Miss has won four of the last six games uh, with Mississippi State, but uh, every game is a new one, right? And I'm uh, no question, State will be a, a, a tough out. It will, and look, it's going to be a great measuring stick for these Eagles. And with this pitching staff, I mean, you think about it—they're four and seven, and uh, right now they got ninety-one strikeouts. Ninety-one strikeouts on the four and three and seven games. Right. Ninety-one strikeouts—that's insane. Um. It's just one of those things. And, look, this weekend they took two or three from a UConn team who is going to win the Big East and is a very, very good baseball team. Right. You know, Luke, what strikes me so odd, and Heath just touched on that, a lot of strikeouts, but it does seem like we're giving up a lot of base hits. Well, you you did in game two against Northwestern. But you didn't really do much this this weekend regarding UConn. I mean, they had UConn wasn't the fact that our pitching staff wasn't pitching well. To Heath's point, a few of those home runs would have been you know warning track or, or deep fly balls, and the same thing for our guys. A couple of the home runs, especially Montenegro's, in in game one probably wouldn't have been a home run. So it's a give and take deal. But but UConn was very aggressive at the plate, and I think Heath made an interesting observation that this pitching staff is going to be a strike-me-out or, or pop-up um, type of pitching staff. And 
I mean, uh, it was a wind tunnel at Pete Taylor Park. That's the best way to describe it. So the, the good things that we did see was the Eagles, um, apart from a couple of blunders um, in the outfield, the Eagles look like they're playing pretty good defense, which is always helpful to see early in the season. I want to correct yeah. you. Uh, Montenegro just texted me and said you're wrong. That would have been out of the ballpark any day. Just kidding, of course. Gabe would have been the first one to admit that it literally inched over. The, and the same thing with Lynch's home run in game one. I mean, it right. it eked over. You know, it actually was, yeah, it was it, almost it, caught. He, they both were wall scrapers. Is yeah, what they were. They, were. They, they weren't long. Yeah. Um, Heath, kind of the, the recap from the weekend, and, and you may have already said what you needed to say on it, but um, what what was your most positive takeaway from the UConn series? What was the thing you're most concerned about? Uh, Positive-wise, I, I like the way they battled in the first two games, getting down and coming back. I like that. I like to see them, you know. They, they kind of had a little gut check and were able to score some runs later in the game. I, I did like the fact that once, you know, let me tell you something. You kind of got some good pitchers and had to get their starters out. And once you got to the bullpen, you saw that, hey, Southern Miss can hit, and that's a difference. Um, with Southern Miss, their bullpen's pretty good. In the third game, I thought that, uh, you know, they could. I thought that they had probably seven blunders in the field, two bunts that should have been made, some other plays in the field that probably should have been made that were hit. Um, you know, I think you see that if you give a good team extra out, they'll make you pay. And that's what UConn did, and I hope Southern Miss uses as a learning experience. And you're right about the wind blowing out. There's a joke, when the wind blows out, it becomes Pete Taylor Park, not Pete Taylor Park. And that's exactly <laughs> what it was. I will say, the, you know, I'll have to give Dickerson credit. I think that one would have been out even if the wind wasn't blowing out. Yeah. He hit that one a mile. So I'll give him his, but the other ones probably probably wind aided is a fair thing to say. Um, we saw Wayne at, at third base. I think until Danny Lynch or DJ Lynch's bat wakes up or, or becomes better, I think Wayne will play a whole lot. What was the deal with, deal with Tremble? Um, did he get nicked up in, in game two, and that's why Garrity played uh, the rest of game two and all of game three? Coach Barry said he has a so, so, short, sorry, sore shoulder right now. And, um, you know, I think he's just kind of letting him heal a little bit. Hey, look, it, it's not like, let's be honest, Billy didn't play bad. And, and a lot of people realize that guy can run. So uh, they're okay there. They're just uh, going to give him time to heal up. No reason to uh, try to push him to play more before conference play starts. All right, Jacksonville. Yeah. La- La- <clears throat> Go ahead, Luke. La- last baseball question I got for you, Heath. Uh, give me your diagnosis behind the plate. Blake Johnson's played a little more than Stanley. Blake had a couple more hits. Is, is it really Johnson's job to lose? So will we expect him to see uh, two games out of him and one game out of Stanley in a normal three-game series? I think so. I think so. I think uh, last game against South Alabama, if you remember correctly, it was a strikeout uh, wild pitch. didn't block up the dirt that allowed a run. Uh, but otherwise, he played really well defensively behind the plate, um, throwing a couple of guys out. I, I think that yeah, I think it's Johnson's to lose right now, unless Stanley gets in there in games where he's give, he gets an opportunity and he just gets hot. Then you have to go with the hot hand. I think that's what you're going to see a catcher, whoever's hot, because I think both of them are about the same defensively, and it's all about the offense at this point. 
All right, Jacksonville State this weekend, a really good team. 39 wins year before last, uh, 35-plus wins the year before that. Happy to let everybody know that the Friday and Saturday night games will be on ESPN+. Plus. If you're a Golden Eagle baseball fan, go spend 50 bucks and get you a new Roku box. Hook it up to your TV if you don't have a Roku TV, and you'll see a lot of baseball uh, this year. That's a great new deal there, uh, first of all, Heath. Uh, and, you know, ESPN generally handled it. It's uh it's very, very good. The the uh, South Alabama game was very entertaining to watch. I expect the same thing from Jacksonville State. Not a, not a team we know a lot about, but i got to tell you, uh, in researching it, the, the Eagles better take their A game out there because uh, they're going to be competed with uh, by Jacksonville State. Yeah, you look at them, played Alabama. Alabama beat them 5-2, to two, uh, swept Valpo, was supposed to play Auburn. It was rained out, Sanford uh, – this Wednesday night, I think this is a team that Southern Miss is going to have to go in there and uh, have their A game. You're right. You look at the uh, – they lost two of the first three games of the season, losing to Southern Illinois and Tennessee Tech, but beat Alabama State. A team that, you know, really the last few games they played scored a lot of runs, scored in double digits, but before that, scoring five runs a game. I think, you know, Southern's going to have to go in there. Do I think they can win all three? Yeah. I think they sure can win two out of three. They're going to have to go in there playing their best baseball. I think you'll see a better pitching performance from Walter Powell. He's going to keep the ball down. Uh, it be interesting to see what they do on the weekend rotation. I still think Ben Etheridge will probably be your Saturday starter. And uh, I think Hunter Stanley is going to have a better game once again. Playing, Hopefully the wind is not blowing out because Hunter is a strikeout, flyout type of pitcher with the fastball. And I think you'll see a different pitching performance this weekend. Fair to say Jacksonville State is good, but Jacksonville State is not UConn. Is that a is that a fair assessment? I would I would I would say that I'd probably say they're probably not as good as Northwestern State. I think Northwestern State's a better team. I think Northwestern State's a really good right baseball team. They're a feisty little club. Right. And uh, I think Southern Miss has had some really outstanding competition early in the year. I agree. Real quick, how do you join Big Gold Nation? Oh, you can go to southernmiss.rivals.com and uh, click on uh, join on top and uh, pick whatever you want to pay per month, pay per year. You can pay per year. It's a little less. Uh, but we're having a lot of fun talking baseball, basketball. Uh, just me and uh, the intern, Ben Lamb, just did a uh, baseball uh, kind of podcast where we uh, discuss Southern Miss baseball every week. A lot of fun, real informative. Football's uh, spring practice. They catch the day, but they'll be back at it tomorrow. All right, Heath Hinton, everybody. Big Gold Nation. Thank you, Heath. Heath will be back with us next week. We'll be back after the break. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Tuesday, happy to have you joining along with us wherever you are on the Super Talk Mississippi Network or on podcast. Of course, Eagle Hour can be found on iTunes uh, Store, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and uh, Super Talk Laurel, Super Talk Hattiesburg, Super Talk Southwest. 
Mississippi.com. And so uh, Eagle Hour can be found on any of those. You might be listening to us later in the day because you wonder why the signal cut out. Uh, sun fades going on right now. Even though there's no sun, it still will fade through a cloudy day. Um, I, I'm not sure if those are even back yet. But, yeah, if you, for some reason, you lost uh, the live stream or, or the live radio signal today, it's because sun fades going on. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. They had homemade hamburger steak. They had English peas. They had baked potato casserole, Texas toast, and a beverage, and it was only eight ninety five. It happens every single day. 4th Street Bar and Grill, of course, trivia um, coming back up, and a place to watch all of the sports games. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke in a rainy downtown Laurel at the First Bank Studios. Bob out in West Hattiesburg at the First Bank Studios there. Kelly John Center joins us on the phone. and Looking forward to uh, Mississippi State uh, Southern Miss tomorrow night. In the last 16 years, Eagles have won 13, lost 15. But like Bob said, Eagles have a uh, won four out of the last six uh, to Mississippi State. The last time they met at Trust uh, Mark Park was on March 21st, 2017. Golden Eagles won that seven to five. And Kelly Sander, uh, Drew Boyd slated uh, tonight. Uh, to, to or t- tomorrow night to pitch for the Golden Eagles. Um, he is technically a fourth-year freshman. He's the only <laughs> freshman possibly in NCAA history to be on the president's list seven times uh, as a freshman. Uh, he's a kid to play at Oak Grove, local kid. Of course, his dad, Larry, three-sport letterman at Southern Miss. And uh, looked good uh, against Northwestern State in, in, in week one. And uh, he's kind of ready for this type of atmosphere. Pitch against Ole Miss last year did a pretty good job. But from what you know, know about Drew Boyd, you you got to realize or you got to think, Kelly, that he's going to be ready for Mississippi State tomorrow night. First of all, he is, he is a delightful kid to be around. He has a great sense of humor. Um and like you know, can take a joke, can dish out a joke. Um, in high school, you know, with obviously you know being a left-handed pitcher, if you compare like the last two lefties to come out of Oak Grove, you had McCarty, who was more of a flamethrower uh, from the left side. Boyd was more of your your typical, your prototypical left-handed pitcher, where he was more finesse. He didn't throw as hard as McCarty did, but he worked it up and down, you know, in and out more so than, than Kirk did. Kirk could blow it past more people. But then when, when Drew had the arm issues, you thought, well, you know, because he didn't throw it as hard to begin with, how was he, was he going to bounce back after the arm surgery? And you hear all these people all the time say, well, I hear, you know, after you have Tommy John, you come back better than you were before. And there is absolutely no evidence to support that. There just isn't. It's a popular, it's a popular thought, but even surgeons will tell you that. The best physician in the world is God himself, and your original equipment is the best there is. So when something is reconstructed, it just, you know, your arm, it's not reasonable to think that it's going to come back as good as it was before. But Drew, but Drew certainly is, is as good as he was before, which is, which is unusual. Um, so, yeah, he's going to be, and, be, and because he was raised, you know, LB, his dad was a competitor, a two uh, a two-athlete, you know, collegiate, uh, or two-sport collegiate athlete. You know, he was raised in a competitive environment. Uh, you know, his sister was quite an athlete. So, yeah, he'll be – and that's, that's quite an assignment. I know it's not a conference game, but you can bet every pitcher on that staff wanted that assignment. And the fact that it gets to go, gets to, go to Drew, I know he's looking forward to that. He'll, he'll be ready. He sure will. 
Um, and while you mentioned Kirk McCarty, we talked about this uh, off air, uh, both he and, and Sandlin uh, with the big league club right now, Cleveland Indians. Kurt actually pitched yesterday in an 8-6 to six loss uh, to uh, the Kansas City Royals. So that was good to see that Kirk McCarty, he, he came in as a reliever um, yesterday. He, he gave up one hit. And uh, Sandlin, I was reading just a second ago for the Cleveland Indians spring report, he's uh, throwing a side session today. So, Kelly, pretty cool, both of those guys and, and two of the best that have come through Southern Miss, obviously, in the last decade or maybe the last two decades, both of them uh, working up with the uh, the big club right now, Cleveland Indians. And you've got a, you've got some more Mississippi flavor on that team right now, Luke, because one of the designated hitters is uh, uh, Bradley, you know Bobby Bradley, who played high school baseball down at Harrison Central. Um, so you know he played first base at Harrison Central on some of those in some of the same classes uh, with McCarty and, and Braley and them. So um, yeah, if, if you're looking for a major league team to support. It has a lot of Mississippi ties. Cleveland would certainly be uh, a really good choice. Uh, meanwhile, Taylor Braley, who had been in the uh, Marlins organization, he was he was let go by the Marlins, but has a tryout with the Rockies. So we're going to see um, if he can land on land with the uh, with the Rockies. And I'm I was really kind of surprised that the Rays let him go because uh, his numbers were you know were pretty doggone good. So, but. Who knows? You just you, know, you get into these. You, you just think, baseball. man, Bob. How come he never got a chance to hit? I don't like know. The Marlins <laughs> only wanted him as a pitcher, and it seemed like the Rockies only wanted that. I mean, that is a guy, and and his approach is not one of those drop your shoulder and try to lift it. I mean, he is a contact dude. That's why when he drives balls out of the ballpark, they're they are line drive shots, and it just has befuddled me that nobody gave him an opportunity as a hitter. I can't answer that because I, I think he goes down. You correct me if you disagree. I think he goes down as probably one of the top ten hitters that uh, ever played here. I mean, he was a powerful, powerful force at home plate. And uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, why wouldn't he get a chance, Kelly, to show that he could hit the ball as good a hitter as he was in college? Well, part of the problem is is that if you want him as a pitcher – you know, the professional game is starting to shy away from pitchers being hitters. You know, one of the things that, that the owners want now is the designated hitter through and through. So there wouldn't be any need, you know, for pitchers to hit. That's what they're starting to, you know, to go away from. So if, so then you got to decide, all right, well, if Taylor's going to hit, then we have to find a, a everyday position for him to play. Um, and I guess, and I mean, I'm just trying to think logically, I guess they just think that there isn't, a position that he could play well enough at that level to play every single day. Um, so, and and he certainly no slouch as a pitcher. So, I guess just right. weighing all the yeah. options. And again, I'm just thinking out loud here. I, I I have no idea because I'm in the same camp with you guys. Right. Um, but thinking out loud, that's probably that's probably what they're coming up with. Uh, now, I'm going to ask you guys to explain something to me. Luke brought to my attention earlier today that I I don't understand. I don't understand uh, where where the quote unquote experts come up with RPI rankings, and then then uh, you know, and then traditional poll rankings. And Luke, tell our listeners what you told me the the incredible disparity between the RPI of SEC baseball teams and the stacked top ten polls, which are just practically all SEC baseball teams. 
Yeah, well, you were, you were discussing and talking about how, how many teams are in the top 10 or top 20 for the SEC, but when you look at the RPI, it's really interesting. Usually we start off, we, we complain about this, the echo chamber of SEC RPI, where you'll have uh, the, everybody will start high, and so no one has the opportunity to, to drop low. And so every win or loss, it basically you, you keep your same RPI ranking. Not so. Arkansas right now and South Carolina are the only SEC teams in the top 25. Uh, Georgia's at 30, so they got three in the top 30. Mississippi State, although second nationally right now, is 51st in RPI. Ole Miss is 78th, LSU is 72nd, Vanderbilt is 75th, Tennessee is 80th. And so you look at that, and I think it's just very intriguing to me that the the difference between uh, the, the national ranking and the RPI. Southern Miss, by the way, and Warren Nolan RPI, Southern Miss at 148, UConn at 99, South Alabama uh, is at 162, and then I believe Northwestern State is at 160. So all the Southern Miss uh, opponents right now are 99 and below, so from 99 to 160, Southern Miss right in the middle at 148. Kelly, it's just it's unique how those two aren't lining up, and Southern Misses is low simply because they everybody else started low. Heath said this off-air. It is uh, the egregiousness of preseason polls. Uh, they really shouldn't rank these teams until two or three weeks into the regular season. Anybody with common sense would, would come up with that. I mean, a, a lot of the polls are, are strictly for you know entertainment value, and at the end of the year and at the end of the day, uh, teams should be should be ranked on based on their performance. You know, at that time, because um, you notice going into whatever season. Whoever's number one, whoever ends the last season number one, usually comes into the next season number one, and it could be a completely different team, you know. But but they have to start somewhere. So I, I think Heath's Heath's point is uh, is well taken. Um, but but as far as as far as the, you know the RPI goes, I, excuse makers are always going to find an excuse how to keep somebody out of the field or to put somebody into a field. Um, so an RPI is one of those convenient excuses one way, one way or the other. All right. One more segment to go on the Eagle Hour on a rainy, rainy Tuesday afternoon here in South Mississippi. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a rainy Tuesday, another day for you to go see our good friends at DBAT and D1 Training. Looking to get some hidden help. They can instruct you. You can rent out their cages on the DBAT side. You can get into some great shape on the D1 Training side. All at DBAT D1 Training in Hattiesburg. Spring break camp's coming up March 15th to the 17th. Check out dbathattiesburg.com for more details. Softball on the road tonight, if they're able to get that one in. Down in Baton Rouge, 
taking on the Bayou Bengals. That game is at 6 p.m. Lady Eagles coming off a split with Houston Baptist 11-4 and on the season. We told you yesterday that uh, men's tennis out to a 2-0 and start. Head coach Zubin Engineer gets his 100th career win uh, as the head coach of Southern Miss. He's second all-time in winning percentage and holds two of the top three highest single-season winning percentages. Of course, he coached Bob's favorite uh, Southern Miss athlete of all time. Uh, the 15 and 0 uh Winpo Sang a few years back and Bob still cheering for uh, for Winpo I have a poster in, uh, his my only undefeated yeah, yeah. yeah well, his Winpo only undefeated uh, season right you got one and too Chung Sang high remember and Chung Sang high them. yes 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 both yeah, of them well, but congratulations to coach engineer man that's a big accomplishment 100 100 career wins yeah, I think I think one of his colleagues was up for the basketball job before Jay Ladner got it. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Win one soon? Wasn't he up for the? <laughs> That's Kelly J. Santer. Telephone number six zero one. By the way, guys, speaking Johnson, of accomplishments, Luke Johnson not at all connected to that right, right. I was simply <laughs> celebrating Southern Miss athletes. Scott Berry uh, is one game away, wasn't it? Was it four hundred? I can't remember now. Four should have brought it up. Four hundred or five hundred wins. Uh, he's one game away from that. He could do that against Mississippi State. That'd be pretty sweet. That that would be a way. I, th- I want to say 400 wins, but I'll, I'll double-check that. And to, and to show you guys that we are on the cusp of – that we we're definitely on the downhill side of dealing with the virus, the state of Texas, Governor Abbott, has just announced that he is lifting – as of next Monday, he is lifting all mask mandates in the state of Texas, just in time for the NIT tournament basketball games, which will be played. All the NIT games, you know, are going to be played in Texas. Uh, Conference USA's tournament, you know, is going to be played in Frisco, Texas. And so there will be no mask mandates at all in the, in the state great. of Texas. So, yeah, good news. While you're... While you're talking about basketball tournaments, I meant to bring this up last week. Southeastern Baptist College, which is in North Laurel here in Jones County, they uh, recently, in the last few years, you know, have an athletics program and joined uh, the NAIA, so the same athletic division as William Carey. Buddy Duke, who used to coach at not only Laurel High School but but uh, Hattiesburg High School, he's the athletic director now, helps me on some Jones County football games. He had passed this on to me, and I think this is worth uh, for us to, to congratulate them for sure. They have a, a Bible college in IT, and so what that is, it's an annual men's college basketball tournament. It's held in late February or early March. It's known as a small Bible college in IT, and it's for Bible college of less than 1,000 uh, on-campus students. So all over the country, it was in Jacksonville, Florida. And Southeastern Bible College of Jones County, Mississippi, won that thing a couple weeks ago. They beat Tacoa Falls 66-65. Of course, all of these teams are eligible to you know continue to play in the NAI. But I thought that was incredible. Good. A national tournament champion here in Jones County. So congratulations to Coach Roger Call and the Chargers. All right, you know, it's a, it's a big day, Kelly. You know what today is? Very significant day on the calendar today, don't you? Today is Lucas Aurelius's birthday. 48 years old, ladies and gentlemen. Luke Johnson, co-host of the Eagle Hour. How's it feel, Luke? Did you if say I'm 48, then you're at least 102. <laughs> <laughs> You've been drawing... Social Security for longer than I've been alive if I'm 48 years old. 
Luke is 38 today, a mere babe in the woods, Kelly, a, a, a babe wrapped in a wool blanket. I don't even remember being 38. Now, the old. Beatles were on tour when you were 38, Kelly. Yeah, at least. At least. So <laughs> you know, what do you got playing tonight? You know who the uh, Beatles are, Luke, by the way? Yeah. Okay. McCartney, Lennon, all, all those right. guys. Help, I need somebody. So, so what are you doing tonight, Luke? I know you were going to watch Southern Miss beat Mississippi State in baseball, yeah. but uh, State got their got way and it out. got rained out. So so what is your plan? Yeah, we we were going – Lauren and I were going up. We're going to eat at Berry's, stop at Bass Pro, and then watch uh, the Eagles take care of the Bulldogs. I can't go tomorrow night because I'm speaking somewhere. Um, I'm, I'm preaching to some students. So uh, I'll, I'll get to listen to the second half of the game. So what we're doing tonight, Mom and Dad, we're going to Hattiesburg, and I think we're going to go eat a Mugshots burger. Excited about that. Haven't had a, a big burger in a while. <laughs> and uh, I think we're just going to pill around Hattiesburg a little bit. My mom is one of those people. Go pick out what you want for your birthday, and I'll buy it for you. So. Uh-huh. Lauren and I had a good breakfast this morning. Um, you guys know why I'm going to be out Thursday and Friday. I've been preparing for that. And uh, anyway, yeah, it's, it's a great day, and I'm happy to share it with you guys on the Eagle Hour. Happy birthday, Lucas. Thank you. All right, that wraps it up. Happy Kelly birthday, didn't have some, No, Kelly didn't. Some epiphany wisdom. He didn't even I'm wish you happy birthday. I don't know what's the matter with Well, it's him. also Dr. Seuss's birthday. Right, but he's been eliminated. Luke is still around. Oh, well, that's right. The yeah, mob hasn't found Luke yet, and we're hiding him out. There's no question yeah, that's right. about that's that. Right. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Happy birthday to Luke and Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.